Welcome to the Jane L. Legacy Fund Creative Podcast. My name is Kat LeBlanc. I'm an arts administrator, music composer, musician, and filmmaker, and the founder of the Jane LeBlanc Legacy Fund. I started this podcast to shine a light on the creative community in New Brunswick and the people who support it. Join me as I talk to our fund sponsors, supporters, and award winners. The talent in this province is off the charts. Jeff, glad to have you on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Can you share with me when you first began to make music? Well, I first tinkered around on a piano and took some lessons when I was eight, nine, ten years old. But then we moved when I was ten, and I didn't play any music for a while. And then when I was about fourteen, somebody taught me three chords on a guitar. And the first thing I did was write a song with those three chords. I'm not saying it was very good. I'm sure it was very horrible. <laughs> but as soon as I could play, I wanted to tinker around and try and write songs. How old were you, Jeff? About 14. Jeff, what artists influenced the kind of music you wanted to make and still want to make? And who were your muses growing up? Have they changed over time? They have changed from... When I was very young, my mother used to like to listen to Beethoven and Tchaikovsky, and they were two favorites. And she also liked um, music from musicals. Like I remember South Pacific and Sound of Music being played a lot. But then I have uh, older siblings, and my the oldest in our family, my sister, was into folky stuff. So she listened to Dylan and Joan Baez and so the early to mid-60s folky stuff. So I listened to that too. And then my oldest brother, he was a Beatles fan and Rolling Stones fan. In fact, he even went and saw the Beatles in 1966. Super cool. In what would have been their last tour at the Montreal Forum. So... Listen to a lot of Beatles record through the 60s. And I remember we'd wait with anticipation for each new record to come out, particularly from Sgt. Pepper's onward. And so um, Beatles were a heavily, heavy influence. And then by the time the late 60s, early 70s rolled around and I was in my teens, I was influenced uh, still heavily by the Beatles, but I listened to a lot uh a lot of heavier stuff, uh, relatively, like Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and Jethro Tull was a, a big influence. I listened to a lot of that. So that evolved, but then I stopped evolving. So I, I listened to the music, like, from the period from the late 60s to the end of the 70s was probably a lot of progressive rock. Uh, like I said, Jethro Tull, but also groups like Yes!, and I and Pink Floyd, a lot of Pink Floyd. I listened to those things, and then I stopped ingesting new music shortly after that. So I'm I'm stuck in a 
in a an old time loop from 1968 to 1979 and and remain there in some <laughs> respects. Were you in any bands when you were younger? Uh, a little bit. Just had a little neighborhood band back when I was a teenager, uh, my brother and I and some friends. Um, but we just played for ourselves and, and for our own parties and things like that. And then when I came to UNB in the mid seventies to, um, to uh, take some schooling at UNB, I, um, with another friend, we formed a little acoustic duo and we played, um, folky songs and uh we called ourselves the acoustic erection <laughs> and we played at uh it was called the college hill folk collective or something like that and so we played a few gigs like that and after that my career took over and i always played music and i continued to write songs but i i didn't perform live anymore and um just on occasion and then probably about 20 years ago, I started uh, with another duo. And sometimes we added people and we called it Patchwork because it was, again, based on, um, well, we did covers, but we also did a lot of songs that I wrote. And then, uh, then I retired early and formed Free to Grow, the current band. Why the name Free to Grow, Jeff? Well, it has nothing to do with some of insinuated with growing what used to be contraband. And it has more to do with bring, being free to grow and explore things musically. And uh, that's the idea. Although, again, it was formed as a vehicle for um, me to work with others to um, record and perform uh, songs that I had written over the previous 40 years. What aspect of the music making process do you feel most drawn to? Well, there are different things. One thing is writing the songs. And when the muse visits, and that's always a mysterious process, but when you come across a melody or a chord progression in your head and it starts developing the songs and then lyrics get added to it. That's a bit of a rush that, Ooh, is this good? And each time something like that happens, you think, Oh, this is the best thing I've ever done. Now it, it usually never is, but that's a feeling that, that you get kind of a, a bit of a rush. And also the feeling when, uh, you're on stage and you've got a full band and the music has come to life and you get energy from that. Um, that's quite a feeling too. So I enjoy all those aspects. What do you consider your biggest challenge in trying to get your music out there? Well, the fact that in large part, there's so many of us out there and so many people producing music and that's a good thing, but it also presents a challenge in that it's hard to get noticed and to rise above the noise. And this is true anywhere, I think, today, um, that when you can do fairly and, and high-quality recording of music in home studios and with a lot of 
very good audio engineers around. Um, you have the technology to, now to do in your home or in a small studio that they used to have to use a, a very expensive and big outfit like Abbey Road Studios and the Beatles to, to produce a, a similar thing. So um, that's a challenge um, to be heard. You have had success. Tell us about that success. Well, one, and it happened early in the development of the band, was um, winning the Rising Star, Star Award at the Harvest Festival in 2015. So that was very rewarding. Um, and another thing that continues to be rewarding is the music. And we send our music to um, a variety of sources, radio stations around the world. And we've managed to get on uh, charted chart lists for radio stations in, in a lot of different countries through, through Europe and Australia and South Africa, UK, France, Germany, and some stations in the U S and of course, some stations in Canada. And, and that's always pleasing. Like when you see something like that, it's great to get your music out there on the world stage. It's also a fabulous feeling to be recognized in your own community and to be spotlighted in your own community. Well, it's actually has been easier for us to get it uh, spotlighted elsewhere than in the, the local community. Um, so that's always a challenge. How would you describe the local music scene, Jeff? You've heard the Hunter S. Thompson quote. The music business is a cruel and shallow money trench, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There's also a negative side. So that's a, a famous quote from Hunter S. Thompson. You listen to Bruce Hughes from another local band, The Unheard, and, and he always writes a little hashtag on a lot of his posts, the best little music city north of Nashville. And, and so there are a lot of good things that happen here. Um, and there's a lot of original music and a lot of music being created. But on the downside, it's also a bit cliquey. And so it's hard to get um, noticed here um, unless you have the right connections and to get uh, promoted in festivals or uh, get certain gigs. And so that's a big challenge um, to, to do that. And there's a lot of positive things in the local community. Uh, and we, through collaborating with different people, have met some wonderful people. I'm not saying there aren't people who are not wonderful, but they kind of live in their own world. And to break into that can be a challenge, particularly, I think, when you're, you know, part of an older demographic. You do a lot of collaborative work with other singers and musicians. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, probably back a few years, uh, we had... Um, I wrote a song for Bruce Hughes after he suffered uh, a debilitating stroke and then recovered from that. And the doctors called him a miracle man. And um, the CBC had run stories about this. And so um, took some of Bruce's 
friends like Tina Godro, who's a local rock star, queen of the rock stars in, in Fredericton. And she sang lead and got some other people, some horn players, and wrote a song called Miracle Man for Bruce. And that got us, uh, for us, a lot of views on YouTube and some coverage and um, got a lot of plays. So that was really fun. And uh, that was a great thing. Music with a deeper meaning. Music from the soul. That's really special when you can do things like that. And there's little things that are really rewarding. It, it's like for a while there, um, uh, we were going pretty strong and performing around the province in different places, and uh, but still having trouble to get in, um, you know, to play in Fredericton and to uh, get into festivals around the province because we weren't part of some of the people who played in those, but we played in a music series um, somewhere out, out of town. And um, a lot of those bands who uh, were invited to festivals and stuff like that um, played the same music series. And then the organizer of it uh, told me later, you know, people came up to him and said that Frida Grow was the best show that they had all that summer. And so that was like, wow, some validation. That affirmation, that feedback is, is so important. Yeah. One must, one must persevere. And, uh, it was like after we went at harvest the, the next year, cause when we played, uh, part of the prize was a substantial money award. And when we played, um, the band that had won the rising star the year before uh, played that evening and we got to play a second show um, besides the, uh, the contest, if you will. And uh, so the next year I called them up and said, uh, will we get to play? And they kind of laughed at, no, it doesn't work like that. But if you want to play, um, you can come and play for free at a local bar in a battle of the bands. And if you win that, uh, maybe we'll consider putting you on the stage again. <laughs> that was kind of baffling. <laughs> and meanwhile, the other, the other three bands uh, that we competed against all, all played in the next year or two without ever having to compete again. So that all was a mystery to me. Do you have any advice for folks entering the New Brunswick music scene? Yes, I would say, you know, follow your dream, persevere. Uh, there's going to be barriers, um, but that's true no matter what anyone pursues. And uh, there are a lot of wonderful people one can work with. And to find people to share and work with, whether it's through meeting people through open mics or some of the uh, connections one makes through different Facebook groups that are available. Um, those are good things to do because uh, I had said some things that um, people might shoe as or perceive as negative, but by the same token, uh, we've met so many, or I, and I've met so many positive and supportive people through this process um, that that's really rewarding. And speak about rewarding, I overlooked. 
and shame on me, the Music Composer Award. Now, that's something recently that's been, that, that's something that's been fantastic. Because again, it's another form of, of uh, feedback and validation. And uh, so that, that's been a very, very exciting circumstance. What made you apply for the award? And what did the award help you do creatively? Well, um, it's, it's a matter of, uh, doing what I've been involved with, which has been, uh, recording music and creating albums and it costs a lot of money. And even though we do a lot of home recording stuff to, in order to get professional recording, there are substantial costs associated with, with, um, music production and mixing and mastering uh, songs. And so uh, motivation was uh, in large part, in part to seek kind of acknowledgement that um, one is a songwriter that people can appreciate and also to get a reward, an award um, that helps offset the financial costs associated with, with what, uh, what we're doing as a band. And so what the award has allowed us to do so far is, um, pay studio costs for a few songs and it will help, um, pay for several more and continue going until, until the money runs out. And so that's fantastic. I'm really hopeful that the JL Legacy Fund will be able to get additional funding for larger grants for music artists and other creative artists. Well, what you're created is amazing and it's quite widespread and supporting a broad aspect of, of uh, items across the uh, artistic community. And so I'm sure I share the feeling with many others that we're very grateful and uh, for what you've created and and i'm sure there's been a ton ton of work that's gone behind it and continues to as as this uh this thing you've created has morphed into something amazing and huge <laughs> and getting bigger it's a it's a monster but it's a really great it's a great monster it's very positive so my mom and Tony and I were just going to keep on trucking and keep on building. It, it certainly has taken off to become much bigger than, than we had intended. Okay, Jeff. So what is on the horizon? What's going to happen musically for you in 2024? 2024 will have at least one more album. And what's happened through the years is that, um, We've recorded and I continue to make music and I continue to take pieces of music from things I may have written 30 or 40 years ago and incorporate into what I'm doing today. So it's kind of a weird process. I'll re revisit old stuff. So 2024, um, we expect us to release a bunch of new music. And I hope to get out gigging more than we did in the last year. We had quite a setback um, for a number of years, as everybody did with COVID. 
Um, but prior to COVID, um, one of our lead singers, Amanda, um, was pregnant and had a baby. So her doctor advised us to, advised her to, you know, take it easy. So we went on a bit of hiatus and then I contracted bladder cancer and was diagnosed with that and had uh, operations and treatments for that. And then COVID hit and that overlapped a bit of the cancer stuff. So we hadn't played live for four and a half years until we uh, played last February. And um, so that was a long break from live performance, although we continued to record and release some music, um, like the aforesaid Miracle Man stuff. Uh, one of the biggest and most exciting rushes or things that are exciting when it comes to music are performing live and and uh, with with the full band and uh, and seeing the creative process come to full fruition if you will so more music and more live playing that's what i hope to see in 2024 jeff thanks so much for joining me well thank you so much